Hey, everyone. So just a quick note before the podcast, uh, an update to say that we're so close to matching our donor end of the year appeal. We've only got $250 left to raise. So please consider making a donation of $25 or more if you'd like. We don't turn away bigger donations, of course, but thank you so much for your support. Thank you so much for everything you do to help support uh, to support this podcast and to support our mission to bring the gospel to, to everyone. God bless you. Hello and welcome to Catholic Bites, a podcast for busy Catholics. This is Father Conrad, and I have with me again Abbot Austin Murphy from St. Procopius uh, Abbey in Lyle, Illinois. Abbot Austin, welcome back to Catholic Bites. Good to be back. Uh, and today, Abbot Austin, we're going to talk about an ancient method of prayer. I mean, it's one of the things people ask for us all the time. I, I'm sure just as a priest, you get this all the time. How do I pray, Father? How do I, how do I pray? And one of the most uh, ancient methods of prayer... Um, has, has its roots kind of in, in monasticism, and that's uh, Lexio Divina. So maybe you can just start us off. Where does Lexio Divina come from? What is it, and, uh, and how do you do it? Yeah, it's, um, it comes from uh, basically the gift of the Bible, right, that uh, the Lord has given us uh, in his providence and his salvation, plan for salvation, uh, the scriptures, uh, his word. And so right from the beginning, um, since we've had it, people then spend time thinking about it, praying with it, and uh, it's not just to be read as a, a you know, in a kind of academic uh, way, mm. but it's there, the Lord's speaking to us. So uh, that's what, you know, I, I'd say this about, like, in, in any kind of prayer, pretty much, um, and maybe this is some exceptions, but when we spend time with the Lord in prayer, um, what we're doing is we're listening, right? There's a listening. And so you have to have something through which God is speaking to you, right? Whether in the rosary, you know, you're meditating on the mysteries of Christ's life. And so those are speaking to you. The Lord is speaking to those events in Christ's life. Um, or if you, if you, you know, spend some you know, spiritual reading, reading good authors, right? The idea is that ultimately you want to hear from the Lord speaking through these uh, reliable sources. So, um, so that's what meditation does. You think about, you reflect on what God is saying uh, through these, these things. And in this case, you know, what better uh, thing to listen to uh, than Scripture to hear what God's saying to us. And then that leads to um, some further steps, which we, we can talk about. But that, I would say sure. that's the basic idea. I think it just it grew organically in the church from the gift of Scripture. That's awesome. So what, what uh, as it's kind of grown and, and kind of crystallized, I guess, into a particular method of prayer, how, how does Lexi Divina work if someone wants to do it? Yeah, so it's, it's come to be, over time, with uh, uh, an uh, author, a monastic author in the Middle Ages, Dom Guigo, uh, who kind of wrote the uh, four steps, identified four steps. And you know, he wasn't considering himself being innovative. He, he just kind of putting together uh, his understanding of it. So the four steps are you read it, you read the biblical text. And here it's, you don't want to read it like you're skimming a newspaper, but you want to read it attentively, slowly, and often multiple times, really, mm-hmm. again and again and again and again. So you're listening, right? So it's an attentive listening and it's also a reading with faith, because you uh, you come out with the faith, the belief that this is God's word spoken to us today, still speaking to us, right? Mm-hmm. So you read it with that attentiveness and that faith, and then that leads then to meditation, which I just mentioned, and this idea of you're thinking about, it, you're pondering, you're reflecting on it. So what happens, uh, and this is where, I, in my experience, especially like talking to newcomers, novices to monastic life, it's this can be the hard part. Like, what do I think about? What do I, you know, what should I, how should I do the meditation part? And so I, I like to emphasize that, you know, there has to be some starting point. 
And so when you look at, uh, when you do the reading, what often happens, something jumps out at you. And, uh, and then start with that. Just start thinking about that. Why did that catch your attention? That's one of the most mm -hmm. practical ways. Sometimes people, uh, if, especially if it's a story, a biblical story, they'll throw themselves in as a character and try to think about it that way. So they have a starting point in that way. Uh, I think the Ignatian exercises uses that kind of method a bit mm -hmm. too. Um, but there's things about uh, questions or another kind of starting point. You can, in the basic questions, what is God saying to us through this inspired text, the human author and so forth. Uh, but there might be like, you know, why did, why did that follow after that? Or that doesn't seem to make sense. Or that seems to even be saying something that's wrong. You know, so what's going on there? So sometimes questions can become the starting points uh, in our meditation. But, you know, start with that. Think about it. And think again. The, the ultimate question is, like, what is God saying through this? And uh, let that then start. And then what happens with the meditation, um, you know, sometimes it, it doesn't work out so well. But what should happen is it leads to you to see something that's true or good or holy. Or even, you know, something that's bad, but that's, you know, kind of in by distinction showing you what, or contrast showing you what's true and good. So uh, so this, the reading and then the meditation are leading you to see something. And and that's, um, you know, see something good, see something about yourself perhaps that needs to be corrected. Uh, see something about God that needs to be praised and appreciated and honored, so forth. So, um, so you see something. And then sometimes I describe the second two stages can be seen as a... Um, as a transition from seeing to seeking. Hmm. So, um, and so here the, the, the transition, especially the third step is prayer, oratio in Latin. Okay, the way I understand this, and there's different takes on this, but the way I understand it is especially to see this prayer as a prayer of asking, right? And so you're petitioning the Lord for something and you're gonna ask for something based on your meditation. So let's say you're meditating on some passage of, about the Lord's life and you saw, um, you know, it might be the, like the, the crucifixion. You, you read the account and you just, you see his, uh, his humility. You see his patience, right? And so then when you, you pray, you might then ask, Lord, give me greater patience. Um, you know, so you can ask something for yourself. You can be asking something for, um, you know, Lord, allow me to appreciate uh, your, your, your uh, glory, your, your beauty, uh, your truth, all this, whatever it is. Uh, this, you know, so many different ways the scripture might be speaking to you, but from what you see in it, then you start to seek it by asking for it in prayer. Uh, because when you, it was a great line in, um, in St. Augustine and St. Uh, Thomas Aquinas quotes it about, you know, it's lawful to, um, whatever it's lawful to uh, uh, desire, it's lawful to pray for, mm. right? There's a link between praying and desiring or seeking. And so when you pray in the sense of asking for something, you're starting to seek it. And then so that transition is very, very important. And the way I understand it. And then, um, and then that leads to contemplation because at the heart of contemplation, right, at the foundation of it, is what's called the moral union with God, right? So that your will is lining up with God's will. So if you in prayer have started to seek something good, then your will is lining up with God's will. You're seeking what God wants. And then that, so what happens, you kind of experience a certain peace in that alignment with God. And mm -hmm. so um, I hope that's not too theoretical, but those are the four steps as I would describe them. No, that's pretty helpful too, because I, I think sometimes we we might even read a little bit about Lexio Divina. Or you have like we we have it at, at, at the Catholic Student Center where I am. Mm -hmm. We give out a little um, uh, bookmark with like the different steps of Lexio Divina mm -hmm. to remind people. But especially the idea of like, what am I actually doing? What am I thinking about? Where am I? Where is my heart going? Mm -hmm. And the, the fact that it's not like it's not necessarily guaranteed that that 
you're going to feel God's presence in a particular way, but that doesn't mean it's not valuable time spent with him. Mm-hmm. That, that by thinking about and meditating on the scripture and trying to discern what God is saying to me, that something real is happening in my heart, even if I, it still feels like this is just me mm-hmm. doing this. Yep. Is that is that a correct take, or what do you think? Yeah, yeah, and it's a common experience in uh, many forms of prayer, right? You're not always going to feel uh, feel it, right, or feel what you think you should be feeling, but you're being formed. You're still being formed because you are learning to see and seek as God does, and uh, give it time. This is something you got to be faithful to. You go through the dry moments. It's hard. Uh, you know, I, I've been in the monastery. I can't remember twenty five years or whatever. So uh, I still do it, and still some days it's not as good as others. So. Uh, it's a constant uh, work, uh, and then, but it, you give it time, and you learn, you grow in it, and, you, and it becomes uh, more second nature, and uh, really a nourishing thing. Because again, it's scripture, right? Yeah. You can do you can do lectio divina like church fathers and even liturgical texts, but the the way it's it's been primarily applied and, and has a special value, I would say, with scripture. So the richness of scriptures is informing your spiritual life and informing you and uh, how you see and seek. Right, and what you seek. So, yeah, very valuable. Yeah. And I think I think it's it's helpful for us to remember what you kind of started with, with the fact that Scripture is not just written by people 2,000 years ago, but it's by a divine author who's inspiring uh, those human authors. Mm-hmm. And if that's the case, then the divine author, you know, God, has has you and I in mind just as much as he did the people in Palestine 2,000 years ago or, or, or longer ago. Mm-hmm. And, and in that case, Scripture is not just... It's not just us studying an old text. It's mm-hmm. us really encountering a message from, from God. Yes. Yeah, it, it's a mystery. I mean, it's, it's, it's hard to explain. People try to explain it. They give up sometimes because it's so mind-boggling and they can't figure it out. But it's true. And, and the, the life of the church has shown this, this, these texts are special. They have the, you know, even, you know, um, you know I, I did my doctoral work on the, the notion of inspiration of the Bible and St. Augustine. I try not to, I won't babble on forever. But one of the things that was noticeable <laughs> about, uh, you know, just one of the things you discover when you think about this topic is how the, the church's tradition or the, the parlance, Christian parlance, is to say the Bible is inspired, mm. not just it was inspired, right? It's, it's just interesting to think about. It's a, it's a living uh, thing in a way it's ongoing. There's a, granted, it happened, right? The inspiration happened, right? So I'm not uh, getting away from that. That's a crucial thing. But in a way, such a way that it continues to um, speak to us. So, it's hard to explain, and, and, and that, I would add that, too. And you, I think we, we sometimes, and this is somewhat of a, a remnant of uh, rationalism that's with us, if I can't explain it, it's not real, right? Mm. Um, so unless I can really get my mind around it and explain it and make sense of it, I have to doubt it. It's like some you know, uh, form of methodological doubt. So, um, but that's not the case, right? Our faith is this is God's word. I can't always explain how it's God's word. And as we all know, there's certain biblical texts that are scandalous in a way. They're hard to understand. They seem to be saying something that's horrible or wrong. And so how is God speaking through that? How is that inspired? Right? It's okay if you don't know. I mean, mm-hmm. we can't, like, why do we expect to be able to figure everything out? Especially with this text that has such a complex history and uh, is not only a human text, but a divine one. So, um, yeah, it's okay. And then sometimes what happens in Lexi Divina is that, you come to an understanding. It helps you see something, and you might not be convinced at the end of the day that that's what the biblical author was saying. But as Saint Augustine would like to say, well, just thank God you came to some insight, even if it were you can't say for sure whether that's what was really being meant or consistent with what was being meant by the, the inspired human author. Uh, so that's what happens sometimes with these. You know, you don't have to get to the final answer of it, but mm. 
you will uh, be nourished. You will uh, be uh, kind of prodded to think uh, about important things, and, and that'll help you itself. Yeah, and that time will be valuable even if you don't come to a perfect conclusion or perfect understanding, but that even just spending the time chewing on the, the mm-hmm. sacred text, you know, mm-hmm. is, is worthwhile. Yeah. Well, thank you so much. Uh, thank you so much, Abbott Austin. Thanks for joining us. And, and I, ho- I hope our, our listeners dive more deeply into the scriptures. So thank you so much for your help. You're welcome. Thanks for having me, Father Conrad. Of, of course. And if you would like to listen to other great Catholic talks, you can find us at catholicbitespodcast.com or you can find us on Apple Podcasts. Just search for Catholic Bites. That's Bites with a Y. And, of course, we have other resources at catholiclink.org and their great YouTube page. So check all that out if you get the chance. Thank you and God bless you.